Welcome to Texas Hockey Talk, presented by Dallas Hockey Fans. Enjoy the show. This is your host, Bubbles, founder of Dallas Hockey Fans, reminding you to like and subscribe this new podcast, both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we're back. Hey, everybody. Well, it's been a couple weeks, but uh, after going through the seven stages of grief, your boys here at Texas Hockey Talk are back and better than ever, ready to talk about a little bit of Stars offseason news and what's been going on with them. So we're bringing back Bunzi and Brando to help us take a look at what's going on here. Boys, I know it's been a little bit. I certainly have uh, kind of gone through it since that rough into the Stars season in Calgary. But uh, I'm feeling ready to go, rejuvenated with this uh, Dennis Gurionov signing today, and then a uh, really hot coaching search, which we can get into here in a little bit. But uh, what have you boys been up to the last couple of weeks? What are you, um, you kind of seeing in the hockey world? <laughs> I mean, as far as being 100% honest, Bubbles, um, I live with you, and uh-huh. I know you and I haven't been up to shit. <laughs> We've been... Uh, <laughs> We've been recovering. You know, I'm looking at the, the seven stages of uh, grief, and I, I saw you go through shock, um, yep. a little bit of shock. Uh, you, you have a pretty good routine. You work out regularly. I, I see you work out for about a week. I saw you eat a lot of bacon, <laughs> though, that's for sure. But actually, you eat bacon when you're happy, so this was this was depress, depression bacon, which is... That was stress eating, yeah. So I think you were in <laughs> denial because you, you're sad, but you're eating something to make you happy. Hey, and that's then, still keto, man. Good fats, yeah. healthy fats. <laughs> well, he had no carbs, so that turned into anger. So he had no energy to deal with it. And then he started bargaining. He was bargaining, you know, next year the Stars, I think they're going to have a deeper run, you know. This year yeah. is sort of their year. Joe Pavelski and, and be then, captain. And... and then the depression really sunk, sunk in right before, you know. He hasn't even gotten to the acceptance stage maybe until today because, man, oh, man. He was a shell of his former self. Like we're talking like, when are we going to record this podcast? When are we going to get this done? What are we going to keep posting? And it was like, it was like someone died. We didn't even want to talk about it. Like, I don't know. We'll get to it later. I do die a little bit inside, to be honest, when the star season ends. Cause I, I've been a, you know, a season ticket holder since 2013. So the whole victory green era, if you want to call it that we've seen some pretty low lows. The highs have been great, but every time that season ends, I'm sure the players feel it more so. But, you know, you just you got to wait another eight, nine, ten months to even think, oh, we're going to make the playoffs again. That's a long time. It really, really is. But if you think about it, I think we had a pretty good silver lining this year, guys, because um, out of the – out of the, the bummer of the you know season ending abruptly, especially in a Game 7 overtime, yeah. a, a phoenix rose out of the ashes. I think, we got, um, I, I think we got the goalie of the future. I mean, you looked all over Twitter. I mean, Biz Nasty uh, up at um, – was spitting chiclets, and just about anybody in the hockey world who has a big following was just chanting Otter's name, you know? Um, 
so it's kind of cool to get the recognition there. And I mean, <clears throat> the kid's a stud. I mean, con give him the con Smythe still at this point. Um, yeah, that that was probably my biggest biggest takeaway on this season is hey, we can be upset all we want about not fulfilling expectations, but did we expect the goalie that started in the AHL to for us to leave saying, "Wow, we have our starting goalie"? When we had four goalies on roster ahead of him. <laughs> What a Man. great story for him. He, he's been doing some um, interviews the last couple of days on radio for some reason. Um, so, like, uh, the ticket had him on today and didn't have a whole lot of spicy stuff like Sagan did a couple of weeks ago um, on the coaching search. But, yeah, he just – he's a super humble guy, has an incredibly um, beautiful girlfriend that's been coming out on their Instagrams. Um, it just – he keeps winning, man. And Bubbles. he, he didn't he want to calm down over there. You know, he could have He's a hockey player. They all have hot girl girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm sure his girlfriend's beautiful, but you know, I've heard enough about him too, to know he's a pretty humble, nice guy. And Super maybe one day, nice. maybe one day uh, he'll come on here and shoot the shit with the boys. But uh, up until that point, we're just going to be little fanboys of him and keep cheering him on. Yeet. Even though he's young, even though he's younger than all three of us, we're, uh, you know, we're gonna keep looking up to him the way we have. Why do you gotta remind me, man? Hey, it's it's all right. <laughs> well, hey, I'm kind of liking him and Wedge for the future too. You know, keep Wedge around, keep Otter around. Wait, know, who? Kinda... Wedgewood. Oh yeah, I, I, I just forgot like we that had a combo. second goalie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh, you mentioned gosh. we got four, so. Uh, no, yeah, him and Wedge are going to be good uh, for the future. Um, I know in later podcasts we'll probably get into some salary cap talk. This, that's pretty bubbles, hot. This, is a, season, this is a Dallas Stars podcast. Your only responsibility is to know the roster of this team. You could know nothing about the rest of the NHL. Guys, the only thing I, I thought Otter was the only goalie we had. Like, he's the only name I heard in the playoffs. That I totally is true. forgot. We yeah, honestly didn't need anybody else. Every other team's used at least like two, three goalies that send them. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not true. It, it was weird. It wasn't even an option as far as I don't think our coaching staff was creative enough to, to think, you know, maybe that a goaltending switch would have changed something offensively. I don't know if that's a reality, but mm, Otter, nah. was, Otter, was play, Otter, Otter was playing too good for him to be taken out. There was nothing he did to deserve to not play. Um, but in terms of, uh, yeah, maybe we just jump in and start talking about this playoff series and our reaction because, I don't know, I'm about to dive into it. I was about to jump off the cliff right there, boys, and get sucked into a, uh, I don't know. What's well, in the past? Like to, I kind of like to, um, you know, just say I think the, the playoff series against the Flames was – like a microcosm of why Rick bonus is no longer the head coach. Um, just dump and chase nothing. Hey, wait, but defense, he retired. Not enough offense. He, he retired because he wanted to, he didn't get fired. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, let's, you know, you know, with a mutual face, just don't tell ways. me it's raining Bunsy. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's all be honest with each other here. Um, <laughs> no defense, dump and chase. Um, I think Sagan said it best himself on, on the radio station. 
uh, great person, right? Just, you know, maybe, maybe need a little bit more offensive structure to go with a defensive identity that's already been pounded into the players' heads for the last X amount of years, right? It's, so, it's, it's, a, it's unfortunate Sagan has to be the one, the one to say it out of all people because um, it makes sense that he understands he, he's played better offense with better coaches, and maybe that's what's happening in his head is, you know, uh, the coach I'm with now is the reason I'm not producing as much on offense. We've already recapped. He's had a lot of injuries and stuff, so we'll, we'll give him that. But, yeah, maybe a new coach will be the what gets him back to third. Do you want me to read that quote he had, Benzie? Because we yeah, shared it the you? other day. Do you have it on deck, or you want me to keep talking? No, it, it's right here. So, second on the hang zone on the ticket. Uh, when it comes to a new coach, we still need that offensive punch. We had it for many years, talking about Lindy Ruff. And then we had one coach come in, hammer in a defensive type of game, talking about Hitchcock. And we haven't found the balance. It's just finding that balance offensively and defensively that I believe we have with this group. So that's interesting, right? Like when watching this team and trying to figure out is it the players who have been through four or five coaches now under Jim Nill's tenure? Um, or is it the coach that is causing them to follow a system that plain sucks for this team that was built? Um, second, at least, is saying, I think we have issues with the coach and the structure. So that's Man, an interesting insight on how a team builds to win. Uh, if, if we're going to put, if Sagan is going to join in on us and put the pressure on the coach is the reason certain players are performing the way they are. Yeah. And okay, great. It gives us some leverage on the conversation, but I don't think that's been the case for Tyler Sagan uh, or Jamie Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, because what? They're on the power play still a bunch. Our power play sucked in the playoffs. Um, what's that have to do with dumping and chasing unless that's the reason we're losing the puck on the power play? And I think we do do that a lot on the power play. We do dump and chase it a lot. We don't have good puck control, good passing, good creativity. I don't yeah. think Miro's given uh, the green light enough on offense. He should be much closer to Cal. Oh, my uh, gosh. On the Finnish national closer. team, he, he he runs the power play. And he's he should great. be much closer to Cal McCarr um, yes. at this point. Um, and he needs to be given every green light possible to be the future of the Dallas Stars and our offense. Yeah. Um, because his career high, I think he hit this year in points, and it was only like 38, 40 points. I think he, he, he's easy, easy a 65-plus point scorer if, if he's doing what he should be doing on the offensive side. I agree. Um, our goaltending's there. Um, we have Suter who played pretty well. Got to start building outwards, maybe bring in one more, one more guy from that end. But from my recap, our defense played well enough to win the series, but our offense – and our offensive defensemen didn't do well enough getting the puck out of the zone and creating offense on the other end. That's for sure. Well, Brando, did you watch the uh, much of the Edmonton Calgary series? Because I, I was interested yeah. in Calgary's downfall um, personally, and they still had crazy high shot counts against Edmonton. Yet the Oilers got rid of them in five. Well. And- I think the reason behind that is because the Oilers are so top heavy on offense. I mean, it, here, here's what I'll say. They have one 
pretty decent defenseman, another in Darnell Nurse, maybe a second in uh, Duncan Keith, but he's past his prime. And they had a subpar goaltender um, that it was it was the the McJesus show, you know, getting them to the conference finals so they could you know get swept by Colorado. Well, that's um, an even greater blueprint for why Coach Bonus didn't work because what our offense didn't produce. We had great goaltending. We didn't beat the Flames. Edmonton has shitty goaltending. Great offense beats the Flames in five. So if we had better offense, who cares how well Otter plays? We probably would have had a better shot to beat beating the Flames. You think that would have been maybe the case? Yeah. So going back to the, I'll, I'll share an interesting stat that I we saw only needed one more goal, guys, in Game Seven. Right. And and what's crazy about that is Jake Ottinger uh, in seven games in that series led up what thirteen goals. That's less than two a game, and we still lost. Like 14. Yeah. Yeah. 13, 14 goals. I mean, that's just, that's, that's a stupid stat. Like we can't, we can't put up more than we can't put up 14 goals in, in seven games. That should show, that should be the epitome of like how much trouble the offense and the power play was running into. I'm going to air out some offensive frustrations real quick on this series. And um, it's just, it's just another, before you do, this is a safe space. You yeah, air it well, out as um, much as you want. I think um, we're all safe. We're all safe now for sure. Um, and you know what I think? This is just a tagline to why Coach Bonus isn't going to be coaching for us anymore. Was he was trying to like mend the wrongs he did throughout the season in the playoffs? Like he was trying to dip Radulov back into the lineup, put him on the power play, let him play, see, <laughs> see, if, see if he can get any oh. credit for Radulov just popping in a goal and being like, oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm a genius. He's going to be back in the lineup playing a bunch. No, Radulov Brad, playing on the he, power play made fu- no sense. Like you don't mess with a guy like that. It's brain. Like, uh, it, and clearly coaching got to the point where he wasn't able to produce the way he was. And we could say injuries, age, but nobody has a drop off like that and isn't able to still produce in other ways. Um, well, Bunzi, this about- this show broke the news that Radulov would probably be a bigger factor because he did jump on with us in our uh, playoff preview show interviewing with us after a uh, coach bonus, they went to Starbucks together before game one. And I think that's where they had that conversation of, Hey, you're, you're going to be back on the power play. Yeah. Well, they were having a lot of vodka that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, continuing on the offense. Okay. Radul have confusing me. I'm all sorts of like, okay, what's going on here? Why are they teasing him? He's yeah. a, been a great player his whole career. Now they're playing him like seven minutes a game and power play. It's like, they're not even trying to like get him in the game. You don't let somebody who you're trying to play, play seven minutes and expect them to produce the way they would when they're normally play 14 to 17 minutes because they're not ready to play. Like, you know, that's not fair. You can't get warm in a game. So that was fucked up. And then I'm thinking the Peterson student each, um, Delandria, and one, one more guy I'm forgetting, uh, Kivi Ranta. Kivi had plenty of opportunities to help out in the series, but when those guys played around 15 to 20 minutes in game seven for us and were all over the ice, Peterson was on a breakaway, didn't score, but those guys carried, carried a big load for us and had the energy, and it goes to show you that. We weren't managing the roster the way it needed to be to get the most out of our team, but 
throwing a Mesnikov in there too. I liked his play in the last few games of that series too. Uh-huh. I just I just mean like Peterson and Student Each were in and out of the lineup, uh, not playing. I not love Student Each this year. Ice time. I mean, think about it. Those guys are young and impactful, and we have even more young and impactful guys coming that we'll cover in the coming podcast. Sure. Um, so it, it just goes to show you that our our organization at times doesn't have the best idea on how to let great players be great. Um, and you don't draft a guy who's an offensive beast and tell him to dump and chase the puck and figure it out from there in the NHL. Um, yeah. It's just a style that. that's blown by. Nobody's played it since the 90s. You look at the teams that have won the Cup the past 10 years. They're all run and gun. Tampa, Pittsburgh. Uh, Washington, and now Colorado, all these top-tier teams that we're seeing pop up, these are not teams that dump and chase and win board battles. They skate through you. Maybe one line on their team does the fourth line, but you don't have all four lines dump and chase. Stupid. <laughs> you know what's like, funny? So I was listening to uh, Spit and Chicklets the other day, and uh, it was like out. a story about uh, – yeah, no free shout-outs. Spit and Chicklets. <laughs> um, no, uh, they were talking about Evgeny Malkin. Um, and like his, one of his first years in the league, um, and Claude Julian was the Pittsburgh head coach and he was like notorious for the only dump and chase. And he was pissed at Evgeny Malkin for not dumping and chasing, just skating in the zone. So he gets Sergey Gonchar to translate and he says, Sergey, tell Evgeny to dump and chase the puck. And then, uh, he tells it to him in Russian. And then, um, Evgeny says back in Russian, if you, Keep if you don't or if you bench me for dumping and chasing, I'll just go back to Russia. It was a really funny, cool story they had, but it just kind of reminded me of Bones. I'm just like, that's all we do: is dump and chase. Our exits out of the D zone are trash. Uh, we turn the puck over way too much, and if you give Johnny Hockey and Wise Lindholm, uh, Matthew Kachuk these chances, they're gonna bury you every time. Because our top forwards aren't physical. Joe Pavelski, Rupe, Robo a little bit. Jamie Benn maybe won every five games. Sagan's not. Um, whoever they pair with them, Gurionov, he's not. Made no sense. Yeah. You're saying they're not what? No, they're not physical. They were expected to have whoever their line mates are dump the puck in, and then you win the battle on the board, so then you can make a pass back yeah. to the point or throw it to the slot, and hopefully you get some kind of chaotic thing. Well, Raffle and Foxa and Glenn Denning, they um, they can do that. Me, they made me proud to be a Dallas Stars fan. Yeah, uh, the way they played in that series. And yeah, Foxa kind of, you know what he did? He he showed us why he got paid the money he, he gets, and he um, answered a lot of questions we had um, on what what he can do for us in the playoffs. And you know what? He's a pain in the ass to play against. He wins his face offs. He may not be be the best offensively. But he tries his ass off. And, uh, you know, it sucks when you could say, yeah, we could probably bring in a rookie or do the same sort of things. But no, it's, you it's hard to win faceoffs. He's strong on his feet. Raffle, we don't have many guys um, like that on our team who are going to do everything they can to win a game. Even Literally now. everything, even fight. No, that dude, I mean, it made me really proud. Um, and I don't know what, what my biggest disappointments were, which I feared, 
Um, Robertson was really electric in the regular season, and we're going to have to dive in deeper on a podcast just to cover the whole regular season and what we thought of certain players and everything. But he looked amazing in the regular season, and he's put himself on the map in the NHL as an up-and-coming superstar. He's about to get paid. Yeah. No doubt about it. But what I witnessed in the what I witnessed in the playoffs, um, and this may go back to Coach Bonus, is that coaching style, which let's just hope it's the coaching style. I'm really praying it's the coaching style and not the framework of this team. But that prevents him from looking like a superstar. He didn't look like anything in that series. Yeah, he produced a little bit uh, at certain times and had a few goal, a couple goals, a couple assists, but man, they didn't, they didn't uh, carry us to victory in any games like Otter, Otter did. Yep. Pavelski, Pavelski, for his age, is doing everything we could ask for and more. But Rope kind of banged up a little bit. Yeah, those two guys, uh, we were relying a lot on them, and we had the whole season. And when it came to the playoffs, we were hoping that. You know, Ben and Sagan would step up, and <laughs> relative to what they did in the regular season, uh, they did step up. Yeah. Well, what uh, what are y'all's final thoughts as we kind of wrap up that playoff series and then the departure of bonus? Um, well, are there any other takeaways you guys have? I mean, Tampa Chase is gone. That's great. Power play coach is gone. That's great. Um, bringing back the goaltending and the video coaches, I think was the good move. Um, Otter did talk about that in an interview today, how much he and Jeff Reese really like um, learning from each other, him, uh, Jeff Reese being the goaltending coach here. And he flat out said they plan to win a cup together. So, and and he, he did also say in his exit interview that he wants that to be in Dallas too. So that's, that's exciting news to hear. Um, I mean, takeaways, I didn't, I personally, the, the type of hockey that we played with the coaching staff and the, the, you know, the structure, the coaching structure, it it just wasn't conducive of, of winning that series, let alone winning, like going on a deep playoff run. Um, I kind of agree with, you know, Tyler Sagan's comments and, and finding the balance between offense and defense. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, who the stars go after um, would love to see a, a head coaching higher sooner rather than later. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of a sure it was a bummer to lose that series, especially in the first round, but it was awesome to see Otter get all the like respect and praise he deserved from like the entire hockey community. So. Yep. Yep. Coach Bones is headed to retirement, it sounds like, as well. So wish him well on his future journeys. Really great guy. All the players love him, respect him, it seems like. But, yeah, just his style of play just is, oh, I'm glad it's gone, fellas. You know, but that we're still one goal away from uh, us saying, you know, that's the type of hard-nosed hockey coaching you need to go deep in the playoffs. Right. So it's not – it's not on the coach 100%, and it never right. will be when you make the playoffs. And it's yeah. a player's game, and our highest-paid players are our longest-tenured players on the team. And they had every responsibility to lead the way, and they did to some degree. 
Uh, they tried, but um, just like in the regular season, it's 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 not enough to w- compare to what we signed them for. But that's that's a constant complaint from Bunzi over here. <laughs> Our in-house hockey star, Mr. Bunzi. All right, everybody. I pay myself a lot in the video game, that's for sure. Well, let's take a quick break, fellas, get back on track here, and jump into the hot coaching search and some off-season news. Hang tight, guys. All right, fellas, let's take a look here at the future. So the Dallas Stars need a coach. There are a lot of options out there from Washington Capitals Cup winning coach uh, Barry Trotz, who just left the Islanders, to a really surprising move, Boston getting rid of Bruce Cassidy just this week. Um, So usually you'd want to see a coach hire pretty quick so they can start getting ready for the draft in July. But – Maybe the Stars are smart, and these other teams are smart, waiting to see even these playoff teams getting outed if any other coaches are going to pop up. So um, I definitely don't know a whole lot about who's out there just because there are so many. There's some junior coaches. Um, even on the betting odds online, Jim Montgomery, former Stars coach, <laughs> is listed. I don't know about that one. Yeah, interesting, right? But um, I don't know. Wait, where he can't he, go to the Christmas party, but he can coach for the team. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna stay away uh, from the office Christmas uh, parties. I, I knew that was coming. Nah, Just... like <laughs> it's, that's an interesting thing. But I don't think he probably didn't burn a bridge. But it's just a PR thing. It's like, how do you explain that? You're gonna have to fully go into detail what he did if you bring him back. And like he's moved on and he's doing other things in his career. And it wouldn't make sense. You know, I personally it, think it, he did something specific or there was a specific incident that had to have been around people at work. And I, and this, that's just speculation. I don't know anything. So I don't, I, I'm just thinking that might've been the case. I, I, it'll, it won't, that won't happen. Personally, in my opinion, I, I think there is a 0% chance that happens. Yeah, hey, can... let's just everybody let's come up with the most outlandish scenario that he could have done to to not be coach here. I'm sure there. I'm sure it may be out. Is it out on what he did, or do we not know that? No, it's not out. It's all rumors. So every okay, let's think of the most he, outlandish thing possible. You the, go first, Bubbles. Yeah, the the one that is out there. He was an alcoholic. That's why he went to rehab. And Jim Nail did have multiple conversations with him about his drinking in public which I don't know if that means around players or at a, a moxie's in uptown or what. So LeBron um, James can drink on the bench when he's not playing, but uh, Coach Monty can't drink on the bench when he's coaching? <laughs> um, um, but no, what, what I think happened, Bunsy, <laughs> besides drinking, for some reason that was an issue, um, I, I think because <clears throat> something came out, I don't know who said it, but there was an issue with him and his wife. And that stems from Monty fucking a Stars intern. I think that's what happened. You know, that's That's kind of weird. I was was an intern when he was a coach there. So are you saying I fucked him? Are you saying I had sex? Are you okay? I mean, to be honest, I only, I had the same amount he did. Did you say I remember everything. I remember everything. Did you consent? (laughs) I said, yes. I'd do anything like to win it? a cup. I'll do anything to win a cup, Coach Monty. Anything. We made the cup final that year with bonus. 
Yeah. It almost worked, Lindsay. You know, it did almost work. You know what? I'm just going to say something before we just keep going. Um, you know, he probably got caught bitch-slapping Val Nechushkin for sucking so much dick at hockey when he played for the Dallas Stars. There it is. That's okay. I'm on that. That's what I think, too. Hey, I, Dallas I Stars fans, um, if, you don't, if you're new to being a Stars fan, pull up Val Nechushkin's stats in his last season as a Dallas Star. Pull up his stats this year as that Colorado Avalanche, and then ask yourself a question. How can a human piece of garbage exist for a full year and get paid professionally to play a sport and contribute nothing? All he did was drink water on the bench and exist on the ice. He didn't do anything. I hate that person. (laughs) And now he's going to a cup final. And now he's going to a cup final. And now he's going to a cup final. Maybe All he needed jealous. was an offensive-minded coach and, you know, talented young offensive players around him, you know. And, you know, this goes back he to the He needed the table signing. set for him, for him to actually eat dinner. You I know, I don't think Jim Nill wants this to have that same thing on his conscience to say, wow, we got rid of a guy too soon before we allowed a coach to regain his trust. And when you have a coach who breaks your trust, and this is from experience, if you if you have a coach you don't trust or you don't know what they're thinking or – Stuff like that, it can really break down your confidence. And when you go to a new coach or you have someone come in, it's important for them to recognize what the situation was before and figure out how they can help now. Because, you know, Nachushkin, there was no saving him. He was checked out. Um, and I hope this didn't happen to Guriana this past year because he's good, really good. And I thought this before last year. And I thought he should have made a massive leap as far as his development offensively. And, you know, we like to say a lot of that's based on stats. We just can look at stats and be like, oh, he had 10 more points than last year. He's getting better. I think he's gotten better, but he wasn't put in a position to show it on the ice. Like, by no means. And he's the type of guy who's like a Val Nechushkin where we need to maintain – that development and keep him here and have him bought into the Dallas Stars and the next coach has a big responsibility to do that since we re-signed him. That's like Gurionov's 25, right? I think he needs he's he can be a really good player on this team in the next couple of years. He's 25. That's not terrible. He is a really good player on this team. I think he's just a young player who was given way too short of a leash when he made mistakes defensively and he was punished for it. By a and very that, a lot of that can be coach. coached. A lot of yep. that can be co- coached yep. in a in a good way, and it, it it's a communication thing. Get get some sports psychologists in there, talk it out, have them feeling good. The the dude's got all the skills to to be a top tier NHL player for sure. Yeah. Um, well, to back to coaching here, fellas. So um, Monty, I think, is kind of a weird one to see on a betting line. So we'll kind of shy away from that being a choice for us. But um, okay. let's look at just NHL coaches. So Barry Trotz is out there, Bruce Cassidy. Um, I believe Paul Maurice, who's let go by Winnipeg, I want to say. Um, and I guess a couple other options. But, Brando, have you kind of found one or two that really stick out that might work here? Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have an unpopular opinion here to start off with. I don't think Barry Trotz is necessarily a great fit to move Onto from a guy like Rick Bonus. Barry Trotz, from my understanding, 
very, very defensive minded coach has teaches a very defensively minded structure. And if we're trying to find the balance between offense and defense, as great of a coach as he is, I don't personally think he's the answer for the Dallas stars right now. Um, I also think that Vegas is in line or, or might already even have an agreement in place uh, with Barry Trotz. Um, but uh-huh. I think he's either going to Vegas or, or Winnipeg because he's a Winnipeg boy too. He's from Winnipeg originally. Um, I don't think DeBoer's a bad idea because he has kind of like a, a defensive structure but does still preach offense, although he has a short leash with younger players. So Where's that's he like from? his nah. downfall. Okay, okay, we're being a little too black and white. That dude is like a soggy potato. Look at him. He just – I don't like his demeanor. I don't like the way he walks up and down the bench. He does have sad face a lot. On any face. team. Like, I don't like sad face. I want happy face coach who's smiling. Rick Bonus or, was a little – Rick Bonus, he did get mad face a couple times, but he's a pretty happy guy. I want a good medium. Stoic. You like sure. looking at those what titties What about like Rod Brindamore face? Okay, what about Rod bubbles, Brindamore face? Quit jumping back to the titties. <laughs> it's hard not to jump back to those. Rob Brindamore, um, if you want the coach closest to him, you gotta you gotta jump to somebody like Rick Tockett, who's available. Um, he did nothing. He, Rick Tockett is he's average. Done nothing man. anywhere. He's good Rick on TV. Tockett, Ugh, no, God. not yeah, a but, fan. But you're 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 basing this off his performance with the Arizona Coyotes, where he, it was the worst organization at the time, and he had no opportunity. Great. Um, I don't know. I just here's the deal. Bruce Cassidy, that would be our home run hire right now. Every single year he was with the Boston Bruins, or when he was hired, he instantly upped them um, in like in just about every statistical statistical category on offense, and they were a great defensive team. I mean, he's like the epitome of of like a balanced structure, in my opinion. Do I think we're gonna get him? No. Um, but that would be the home run higher and the best fit, in my opinion. Bunzi, I know you did a lot of research on coaches, though. Tell me why I'm wrong. I don't think – I mean, I think the Bruins have been a great team for a long time, and even before he was there, they were pretty good. It's just they have high expectations. What a concept. Um, so <laughs> they got rid of him. They got, I heard they uh, got... David Pasternak's pretty pissed. He loved Cassidy. And he's mad at the GM. So, so yeah, Patrice be... Bergeron. Oh. They're saying yeah. Bergeron might not re-sign with him. Oh. Well, um, that's pretty wow. interesting. And I, I, um, you gotta, you gotta think that the players in the locker room for the stars kind of have an idea of what these coaches are like, or have done things with them, or had them on their staffs, or, you know, hockey's a small world. Um, everybody's friends with each other one way or another throughout the NHL. They work out with each other in the, the off season and they play on international teams and all sorts of stuff. So everybody kind of has an idea of what these coaches are like. And I can guarantee you, Ben, Sagan, Robertson, everyone in between is getting asked about stuff, but they're going to probably knowing the stars, they're going to pick. <laughs> Travis Green. I would know. I was about to say they're going to sign like the most expensive coach to, to get a radar splash, but then I wanted part of me wants to say they're going to get like the biggest no name coach for the least amount of money. <laughs> well, uh, something I just heard yesterday that really wanted 
me to get into this was um, Saad Yusuf, one of the insiders. I think he writes for The Athletic, but he has yep. some insider info that's pretty useful for this topic. Um, he was saying that Gallardi, the star's owner, is going to be really involved in the hire because I think it boils down to this is probably Nils last year unless they make a really deep run. Like, he's been here long enough. Let's get there move on. But he doesn't want Nil to pick a coach that we'll have to be stuck with for three years. So I think he wants to help pick one now, and Nil can build the roster with him however he wants to. But um, Gallardi's hire before was Ken Hitchcock, some kind of freaking out fellas. Like, is Gallardi just going to pick I don't a... think <laughs> he needs to lay off the, the trigger, in yeah. my opinion. Like, this is not your – that's not your job. You need to hire people who's uh, who has their have their you know finger on the pulse a little bit. Yeah. Um, so if you if you will, then jumping to somebody like Mark Savard is like is like an NFL team signing Lincoln Riley to be their coach. It's like you're trying to it? dip into. I mean, the OHL the team he coaches for is one of the, that's a really good offense. Our he coaches coach. Wyatt Johnston right now too, right? One of yeah. our top prospects? Yeah. So I just think that would be a pretty unique jump. I don't yeah, know and if, coach, if I we're kind of fading out from... the Ben and Sagans of the world to these younger guys, maybe that's a good transition. Well, he probably gets them. And yeah. That, that's for sure. Um... And he played with uh, Sagan. So he was in Boston when they won the Cup in 2010. And I think he was actually Sagan's line mate, Sagan's last year. In 2011, up there, dude, you bring Mark Savard and Steve Auden and just have them. It's kind of hard. I I don't think any of those guys like. You bring those guys in when when Ben and Sagan aren't on the team anymore. You need you need a coach if they want to win now. They need a guy who can do that. And I don't know. I don't know who fits best with this roster, even after doing all the research, because. We've seen our team play so many different ways. In the, um, and I don't know. I'm doing a math equation in my head. Everybody's getting a year older. Ben and Sagan's best offensive years were like three years ago now. <laughs> Sagan had 40 goals 2018-2019. Uh, so, yeah, like three, four years ago. Yep. yep. R.I.P. <laughs> so, that, like in a in a – one of our next podcasts, I'll I'll kind of get into the cap gymnastics I was talking to you guys about, and yeah, that Sagan and Ben's contracts are huge bummers at the moment. Uh, but hopefully, we get a, an offensive minded coach that can. Ste- uh, bring steroids up are stuff. getting better though. Drug <laughs> tests are, yeah, drug drug tests are getting wor- worse. Well, HGH and... inject it right into the thighs or the hips. It'll be good. Yep. Well, you know, it's 2022, so I don't even think Ben and Sagan have really reached their athletic primes. And I think all these injuries and their decline in points is just to tease us for their next five to ten years of them, like, reaching new career highs and everything. Yeah, I personally think Sagan and Ben are going to really hit their strides when they're, like, 43. Okay. 43? Yeah. So you think, yeah, yeah their strides – you think yeah, they're gonna... that's that's when they're going to peak. That's about the yeah. time they're going to let uh, Jacob Peterson get out of his internship program, Bunzi. 
exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peterson's got a little bit longer on that internship program. <laughs> We're going to have to jump him up from the junior stars to the, the, the regular stars. Maybe keep him in the AHL for five to ten years, and then we'll go from there. He'll get overripe. Um, He'll be great. But, yeah, with the Ben Sagans, you know, if we just give him some Ray, Ant- uh, Ray Lewis deer antler spray and just have him take baths <laughs> in every, every single game. Fun fact, um, Ray Lewis got off, uh, got off a murder once. He actually uh, stabbed somebody to death. Well, Ben and Sagan got off on uh, armed robbery. <laughs> yeah, they did. Or grand larceny, uh, as uh, Razor would say. Um, well, but, yeah, I mean, coaching-wise, I say, like, swing for the fences for Bruce Cassidy. I think Mark Savard um, would be, like, a decent consolation prize, in my opinion. Yep. Um, please your no top two. to really anybody else. Yeah. I'm I, and I'm I'm I mean okay with somebody like Paul Maurice or um, DeBoer you know, if he can get rid of sad face. All right, Bunzi, who are your top two that stars should get? Um. Okay, I like Elaine Vignol. Oh, I didn't even mention him. Okay, oh, I like he is out of a job. Didn't realize that. I, I've liked his coaching career. Um, I don't think I want necessarily want any of these guys who are much like extremely old, but I think he's in a good age where he's a, a coach that demands respect. His teams have always had pretty good offenses. Um, so I like him. I like his personality. Okay. Um, What's your second one? The, the next best option, in my opinion, if I <laughs> – I, I don't want them – like Bruce Cassidy, I'm not going to take yours. I would say the next best option is uh, Mark Savard because you're just going to get a guy who's going to come in who I, I love the way he played the game. Like I loved how hard-nosed he was, but clearly he's been great at coaching. So You can take mine, Bunzi. It makes me feel a little bit smarter if you agree with me and I say it first. And so you're not very smart, in the so future. you need yeah. that. Exactly. Well, like I mean, sometimes for, I need Cassidy that recognition. Was 245, 108, and 46 is a career record for the Bruins. Wow. Playoffs all six seasons. So um, two first lo- uh, first round losses, three second round losses, and a loss in the 19- 2019 Stanley Cup final. Against the Blues. So. Yeah. <laughs> first Cassidy is definitely the the best option um, behind Barry Trotz as far as qualified coaches that are going to take a win-now team as far as possible. Um, okay. I like your two options, though, Lane Vignol. I don't think people are really talking about him. but I It's a serious that. decision because we're not, high, we're not signing a superstar goal scorer. We're signing a coach. We've had too many coaches in the past 10 years. Yeah, this one's got to stick. Um, I <laughs> I agree with Brando as much as I want to have a discussion on this. But yeah. yeah, Cassidy, number one, Savard, number two. I think the reasons behind that are great. Cassidy's got a great record with Boston, and we need a playoff coach who knows how to win series. And then, if not, Savard, who can transition us with these new kids coming up. All of a sudden, we've got this whole like arsenal 
of 18, 19, 20 year olds waiting in the wings to fill our roster. And Savard, I think, would be the best option to get those guys up to speed here. If you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't already, go to YouTube, watch some Logan Stankovin and Wyatt Johnston highlights. That's our future. Boom. Well, boys, we'll see what happens. Um, there's really no inkling on when this is going to get done, so maybe by our next pod here in a week or so, this is still a discussion topic. But if not, maybe we'll have a new coach to talk about. We'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, we got the draft next month, so sooner the better. Let's go. Somehow I got kicked out, and now I can hear my echo. Oh, Bunzy. Sounds like terrible. tripping balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep this in. We gotta stop. No more. My my brain has been. Dude, uh, it been sounds like we're all on helium or something. All right, Benzie, you'll we'll be quiet, out, man. We're, man. We're gonna end the show. Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody. It was great to talk stars again with you boys. Um, to our listeners, thank you. We're gonna get more up to speed and back on track here this off season. Keep you guys up to date about our favorite team, the Dallas Stars. For now and forever, go Stars, and we will talk to you later. Good night. Peace. You've been listening to the Texas Hockey Talk podcast presented by Dallas Stars hockey fans. For more, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find our new podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.